Ricky Dale Harrington Jr. And I'm here with Corey Holmes. How are we doing, guys? And we are the Ministry of the Interior. And we have come together as brothers in Christ, focused on one thing, to bring Christians' attention to the inner life, because it's our our hearts and our minds where everything begins and where most of the battles that we face are fought. Whether we're going to do this or that, whether we're going to walk according to the principles that God has laid out for us, or we don't, that all starts in our hearts and minds. And it seems that in America, people are too focused on the other. We seem to be having a faith that thinks that removing the plank out of our brother's eye is the first thing we should do. When Jesus told us, remove that speck in your own eye, then you will see clearly how to help somebody else out. And this, this ministry here, it's going to be very personal. It's going to be uh, very transparent. And I'll be open about a lot of the struggles that I face and the walk that I have with God for the purpose of trying to help others who are in this walk of following Jesus Christ. I feel like this ministry, this podcast, um, in its beginning stages, whatever that is right now, um, just existing right now is kind of a, a mini miracle in my life. Um, I've spoken to Ricky uh, several times online. Um, this podcast slash ministry has been a long time in the works. And um, he, what Ricky has said and his vision uh, just resonated with me. And I reached out to Ricky and we form a vision of sorts and here we are and I'm excited. This text that we'll be sharing with you and I'm, I'm very grateful for brother Holmes and helping me out. Um, there's a lot of things uh, going on and I just had to take a moment and, and look in my heart and, and see what I valued more. Uh, obviously, uh, I've been in politics a little bit, and um, more to to me, I feel I feel like the Apostle Paul, um, who I don't know if most people know, he was in the running for being uh, one of the top dogs uh, in the, the Sanhedrin. He was a young man being groomed, going out and and murdering Christians um, because he thought that they were blasphemers. He thought they were blasphemers. But he had an encounter with Jesus. And really, at the end of the day, the only way a person can change their life is if they have an encounter with Jesus Christ. That is the only way. You can try all you want. You can use positive psychology. You can use uh, whatever type of techniques. But at the end of the day, we're going we're gonna to end up uh, in those moments of weakness, and we'll fail. But God told us that uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, he'll cleanse us of all unrighteousness, that he has promised to sanctify all of us so that we may be like him who died for our sins. And before I get to preaching, <laughs> I, <laughs> I ask my brother to share anything if he has anything on his mind. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very excited for today's topic before we really dive into it. Um, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. We're going to be talking about anxiety. We're going to be looking at, uh, starting at Philippians 4.3. Um, I have been reading this over the past couple of days. I've been having late night discussions with my wife on it and... Uh, I'm excited to dive in, so let's go. Philippians chapter 4, 
verse 3. Pulling up my text here. I like to use the New Living Translation. Uh, it's just easy to read uh, for me. Everybody has their own preference, and whatever works for you, it works for you. I try to stay away from those arguments about, well, the King James Version is the <laughs> version, true version of the Bible or anything else. If it if it resonates with you, it, it resonates with you. I'm not going to – I don't have a heaven or a hell to send anybody to, and neither does anybody else. There's only uh, one person that has that. So I don't, I don't have no keys to that. Philippians 4. In verse 3, it starts saying, And I ask my true partner to help these two women, for they have worked hard with me in telling others the good news. So a little earlier, there's two women in the church that are having a squabble or disagreement about something. They worked along with Clement, and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Verse four, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice that everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Just wanted to go ahead and read that passage there. And now we'll, we'll try to unpack it a little bit. What yeah, are some that's, that, uh, go ahead. What are some things that you picked up from reading that passage uh, over the past? Well, week? first off, I, 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 I think it's a great one to uh, start off with our very first discussion. Um, this reading this comes to me at a relevant and timely season of my life. Um, I thought, uh, well, as you know, things have been quite crazy since um, COVID hit. Um, but I foresaw this year in my life as being, um, um, it was supposed to be easier than these past years. And it kind of started, this season kind of started just full of anxiety, um, which took me by surprise because like I said, I was expecting uh, the season of my life to not be full of the anxiety that years so reading this and going through it and it, it always it makes me realize when i just fill my thoughts with stuff what what does it say what's it say whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely think about these things and when i'm filling my head with things that are the opposite of that or not even filling my head but just like spoiling my brain with something else that is what builds anxiety in me. Um, you, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this 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 whole time with COVID, it's just like almost every day on the news, it's fear, fear, fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, feeding us fear just about everywhere you go. Um, you know, just in, in, in simple marketing, you know, they play on people's fears. Well, if you don't have this, you won't be keeping up with mm -hmm. the Joneses or, or whatever. And, you know, right there at the beginning of the text, well, not necessarily at the beginning, but starting in verse four, Paul is giving us a kind of like a blueprint mm -hmm. of things to do. Cause sometimes, you know, 
when we're when we're not focusing on things, we let all kinds of things into our minds, and especially you have to be judicial mm -hmm. <laughs> on the type of things you feed your mind and feed your spirit. If you're oh yeah watch, watching the news and they're telling you doom and gloom all the time, all you're going to see is doom and gloom. And it takes a lot of discipline because I, you know how easy it is right now for me to just pick up this phone, open an app and just scroll and scroll and find whatever like makes me upset or find whatever feeds that doom and gloom. It, it's so easy. It's so easy to get access to that. And I feel like there's been times where I just, uh, I'll, I'll text my buddies. Um, I have a group text with them and I say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take this week off. I'm not going to, be on any social media. So y'all hit me up in a week. I'm just going to kind of reset my mind. And um, you do feel a lot closer to the Lord if you do that. In my mind, if you take these little uh, breaks from worldly things. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that. You know, one of the biggest events for me was going to China as a missionary and then coming back. They say that you go through culture shock whenever you go to that country, and then you go through mm -hmm. reverse culture shock whenever you get back. And there are, there are a lot of uh, missionaries that, you know, went to places where they didn't have all the, the creature comforts that we have in America. Mm -hmm. And you come back, like I, I told my parents, uh, whenever I first got back, I put a cup under the faucet, turned the faucet on, drank the water and said, you know, this is a luxury. I haven't even been able to do this for two years. Wow. Do that there in China. And coming back, you, you also see the church differently. And I went mm. through a, a period of, I guess you could call spiritual vagrancy because um, my spiritual upbringing, I, I came from an atheistic agnostic background mm -hmm. and and got into ministry when I was 19 with the Churches of Christ. And um, the Churches of Christ, they believe that, uh, you know, if you're not a member of the Church of Christ, you're not going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's really dangerous wording and thinking there, that it's, it's not based upon the sacrifice of Christ. It's based upon, you know, the particular creed or philosophy. Mm. And, you know, coming back and seeing how things were and there were people in China. I mean, if you if you want to be a minister in China, you have to go to a state sanctioned seminary. There were some Christians that didn't want to meet with me because they didn't want the government to be eyeballing them uh, mm -hmm. and things like that. And then we come back to America and you have churches that are arguing over and splitting over the color of carpet that they're going to put <laughs> in the sanctuary. It really and, puts it into perspective. It puts it really into perspective that there are some people over there that may not be members of the Church of Christ or the Baptist Church or whatever mm -hmm. that are willing to lay their life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ in China. And you come mm -hmm. back here and, and people are uh, just just fighting and, and kind of missing the whole point and the richness of the faith that we have. Man. And I, I, I really want to start off here. And it says... Always be full of joy in the Lord. There was a point in time in my life where I, I kind of was trying to understand the meaning of the joy of the Lord is my strength. I didn't quite understand it for a while. And then it kind of clicked. The joy, the joy of the Lord is saying of the Lord. If, if you ever studied any Greek, it's possessive. Of course, it's his joy. Mm hmm. So his joy is my strength. It's something that he gives me. So always be full of joy in the Lord. There, we, we know that there are plenty of things out there in the world that will rob you, steal you of your joy or happiness, whichever one you want to use. There's plenty of it. There's a lot of sickness and sadness out there to go around. But the first thing he tells us is to be full of joy. You want to stop worrying? Number one, be full of joy. And this next part here in verse five, you know, people kind of miss this right here. The, there might be some other, you know, different words used in different translations. 
Mm-hmm. Let everyone let everyone see. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Now, there's a lot of lot of folks that are engaged in slander that are in them church houses. A lot of people engaged <laughs> in gossip that are in them church houses. If you don't want nobody throwing your name in the dirt, don't throw anybody else's name down mm. there. It's simple. It's good. And here's yeah, it, go so, ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to hit it right here. Paul says, "Remember, the Lord is coming soon." Parable of the ten virgins comes to mind right there. What were you What were you thinking about earlier, brother? Oh, I was just going to say it's uh, it's funny because you you were atheist until nineteen. You said. Is that correct? There was a point in time in my teenage years where I I was getting into, um, you know, just researching all different kinds of religion. Mm-hmm. I just came to the conclusion that whoever God is, I I, I don't like it. Hmm. Uh, from wow. taking a look at the human condition, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of suffering going on in the world, and I put that blame square on God. Yeah, uh, whoever God was, whether it was created, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Vishnu, uh, uh, you know, Marduk, Ra, any any of the gods, Odin, uh, whichever one of them was and had the power to, to make changes in his world and didn't make any changes, yuck. Mm-hmm. I was a hater of God. And we, we come, you and I, from completely different perspectives in that realm because... I was raised in church since the day I was born, uh, involved in church, involved in youth group, um, on the worship team, went to Bible school. And then it was sometime around then while I was at Bible school that I just I started distancing myself. Um, It's kind of the complete opposite for me. Um, And it wasn't until recent years that I, I started getting back to this. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, I don't know, the things that I saw in the church and things of that matter. Um, but man, the, the truth of it, like these words we're reading right now, it, 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 it resonates and it's so real. Um, that makes me sad that I was ever distant um, from any of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just thought the juxtaposition between the, the, the two of our journeys and we can, we can go down the path at another time about um, our past and that kind of stuff. But I, I just, I just thought that comparison was very interesting between the two of us. You know, the Lord calls us from all different backgrounds and all different experiences so that the body of Christ might be made whole and that all the different experiences that we have we complement one another mm. uh, just like you know the 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 hand can't say to the foot I don't need you you know that's that's the possible mm. writing right there um and I, I make this joke all the time about the Apostle Paul being the patron saint of the churches of Christ. But, you know, just the, the facts of the matter is he wrote most of the New Testament epistles and books. I'll be, I'll be moving along in our text here. Okay. Don't worry about anything. Worry. We haven't really got to talking about worry yet. <laughs> um. Heck, I worry all the time. I have uh, two children that are um, on the autism spectrum. Uh, my son, he's a little bit more uh, right now. Um, he's he's unable to speak at all, and we have to help him with a lot of his uh, dailies that, you know, most people are independent. And I, I see all the things going on in our world, especially and I, I've said this time and time again about people that are disabled and they have interactions with police officers and mm. they, they are abused and more so <laughs> having worked in a prison mm. 
and knowing that there are people in there that have, you know, intellectual disabilities. And it's rough inside those prisons. Yeah. And I just I just couldn't imagine my my son, you know, being in, in a place like that. And um, you know, but not to say because of his condition, but mm -hmm. it's you know, all kinds of things happen. There are people that are in prison that are innocent. Mm -hmm. um, there have been people that have been executed that are innocent as well. But we, you know, we should spend a lot more time focusing on trying to help those that are less fortunate in our society um, instead of <laughs> arguing over the car the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. I don't know. It's pretty important. <laughs> Man, that, I'm glad you said that, though. That's a, I mean worries like we have all these worries that your worry that you just shared like that is something that from my angle I've, I've never thought of before and I, I I can't imagine that being a worry um, on top of just all other sorts of worries in our everyday activities be it the future be it financial worries be it worrying for other family members um, man that's a that's a that's a powerful one. While we're talking about worry, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, okay. 25. And these are the words of Jesus. Uh, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your bodies more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And they can't. Yeah, that's good. I know Jesus asked what, 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 which one of you can turn a single hair on your head gray by worrying? We can't really do anything with worrying and the true essence and the, the sinfulness of worry. If Jesus tells you not to worry and you do it anyway, that's sin. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your everyday life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. He's got it all taken care of. And this is a revelation that I've had here recently. Um because of my background being atheist agnostic you know hater of god you know it takes a while for for that stuff to to wash off hmm. it takes a while um the bible tells us not to give the, the devil a foothold because uh, he he will not let it go if you give him an inch he will not let it go and um you know i, I didn't really trust god uh, you know, we trust him a little bit. We trust him with our eternal salvation. But some of the everyday stuff, we don't trust that to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I'm saved and everything. I read it in the book. But uh, how my family is going to deal with this current struggle? You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't talk about how you're going to deal with, you know, whatever type of suffering you have. Maybe you're struggling with a multiple sclerosis. Maybe you have chronic pain. Maybe you have depression. Maybe you have anxiety or any of those type of things. Any other thing you could add to the list that occupies the space in our mind. Jesus tells us not to worry about it, that he's got it all under control. And, you know, simple logic should you know, if you follow in this, that line of thinking, if you trust God for your eternal salvation, it should be easier to trust him in your daily life. Oh, that's good. But we yeah. don't. No. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm going back to Philippians here. It says, don't worry about anything. Well, what about this? What about that? Don't worry about anything. What about this over here? We're, don't worry about anything. What about China? What about Russia? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> right. you know, the usual type of stuff. Uh, and I'll get into some of the, the Christian uh, politics a little later on on a few other episodes uh, and, and how I'm totally against how some uh, 
Christians are acting when it comes to politics. Mm. Instead, he said, don't do this, but instead do this. It seemed pretty simple right here. Mm. We try to make things complicated, but it's not. Paul's laying it out. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Okay, so you're telling me, first off, I need to recognize that I'm beginning to worry. I need to divert my attention away from doing that and start praying. Hey, I'm worried about how we're going to pay our light bill. Get to praying. Hmm. Ask God to give you the inspiration to be able to handle whatever you need to handle for today. I'd like to re uh, read from Peter right quick. Let's hear it. Me. And this ties into not worrying. And this is Peter. This is first Peter chapter five, starting verse six. So humble yourself under God's mighty power. Did I lose you? Oh, there Start you go. I lost you for a second. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give them all, not some of them, not 50%, 70%, but give it all to God. Because he cares about you. So do we believe that he cares about us? Or do we have a type of faith that, you know, it's, it's more like... It's more like a trinket that we wear rather than something that lives inside of us. That's good. Man, just talking about this is <laughs> making me uh, internally analyze just how much time and life um, I've wasted worrying. I'll, I'll tell you a, a big thing uh, that I have wasted time <laughs> worrying about is, is simply uh, having the guts to push record on this and get a message out there. Um, I spent way too much time just worrying about, oh, it's not going to go right, or this isn't going to sound right, or I'm not worthy enough, all those worries, um, which I guess you just package up sometimes internally. Um, and just talking about this and unpacking it, it's making me realize just how much uh, time I have absolutely wasted doing that. You know, we, we are all searching for pretty much one thing and that's, that is peace. Mm. And it's a different type of peace. You know, Jesus said, uh, you know, I give to you my peace, not as the world gives. It's a different kind of peace. That God gives us that even though things are tumultuous around us, even though things are uh, in bad condition, we still have that that inner joy. Yeah. That radiance of light within us that is unshakable, that cannot be darkened, that can't be smothered. When you do that simple thing, whenever you divert your attention from worrying to praying. And while you're praying, you're being thankful to the Lord. You're just laying all those cares to him. And if you do that, he is going to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, we 21st century human beings, we think we're at the pinnacle. But we'll just be, we'll be just like everybody else 100 years ago. 100 years from now, they'll be calling us dinosaurs. If they're... Mm -hmm. 100 years from now and we continue to move on this curve here we've sent men to the moon we do heart transplants we know how to resuscitate someone 
me and you are talking on a device <laughs> as if Miles we were away. Space. we think we have a lot figured out 21st century human beings <laughs> but God is going to give us a peace that surpasses all of that that's good and this is what we are looking for we're looking for rest and relief mm-hmm. and the Lord has promised it to us right here promised the crux of it is whether or not you're going to put into action the things he told us to do to receive it you know the Israelites God promised the Israelites he was going to lead them to a land that he was going to give them that he swore to give his their ancestor Abraham and that he was going to give it to them forever he made that promise to them but they still had to go to war to take the land. The book of Joshua, they are commanded to be strong and courageous. They still had to do the work. And this is something that's a little tricky right here because it falls into the, you know, faith and works type of debate. Mm -hmm. Um, The best explanation I've heard um, was from a, pastor i can't remember what's the name of the pastor but he used an analogy of a very rich man and it was his son's birthday that was coming up and he told his son i'm gonna get you a rolls royce for your birthday and if you can imagine being that young boy uh 16 or something like that your first car is a rolls royce i mean you'd be skinning and grinning yeah hands ready for it. Man, I'm going to be the talk of the town. And whenever it came for the boy to receive his gift, his dad took him to the garage and you know, you'd be thinking, man, you're going to see that shiny rims and all of that. But the car was in the garage in pieces. Hmm. And the boy had to put the car together himself. Had to do the work. Had to do the work. Sometimes we 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 try to make it, as I said, we make things a little too complicated when they shouldn't be. Yeah. What that what the father was doing there was teaching his son a lesson. I bet you he cherished that car significantly more than if it was just here's the mm-hmm. key, son, go for a ride. Mm-hmm. He had to put in the work. And sometimes, you know, uh, there's been times that I've prayed, hey, hey, God. <laughs> and I hate to, even, you know, say it like that. <laughs> but in times of deep prayer, asking the Lord, hey, is there something that I need to work on? Just tell me straight forward. Just tell mm-hmm. me to my face. Just say it. Just say what I need to do. And sometimes it, it doesn't really work out that way. We pray mm-hmm. for we pray for patience. And what happens? Some trials start coming. Because it seems for human beings, for us to really grasp something. To learn something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to pay for it in blood. (laughs) Pay for it in blood, sweat, and tears. That's when we really see the value in things. And I don't know why. I don't know why we... We have to go through that in order to to grasp a hold of things. Well, it's so funny that that frustration you're talking about. I think anybody that has ever prayed has prayed that same prayer (laughs) probably more times than we like to admit. Um, Just tell me, just tell me what to do. Just, just tell me the answer and I'll do it. Like I'm willing to do it. I want to do it. So just tell me. But like you said, that is not how we are designed to learn. Um, we have to go through heartache, um, to understand others and their heartache. Um, it's, it's not as simple as someone just telling me what the words heartache is. Like, I remember as a child learning that word. Um, but that's I remember, quite, what's that? I was saying that's the quite profound point that you make right there. Um, 
really words are are just that words you might understand them academically but that deep mm -hmm. visceral understanding of of what heartache means because now you understand it because you went through heartache mm -hmm. it's, it's not just a word now now it has become something to you and I guess that's the, what it has to happen with our faith too Step, stepping out of the boat it has to become real to us yeah. and it won't become real until we start putting some things on the line if you catch my drift I don't mean putting things on the line like uh, you know the satan uh, the accuser the devil whenever he said to Jesus jump off the cliff Psalm 91, he'll send his angels out there to protect you so you won't dash your foot upon the stone. Misusing scripture. That's not the case. Stepping out of the boat like Peter did. Lord, tell me to come to you and I'll come out there. It's kind of like that. God tells us what to do and then we just need to step out on faith. I think about this, the last few days we were in China. Um, we were going through the process, getting my wife's visa to come back. And it took, a, the, the time it took for us to get that was significantly shorter. And we had about five days left on my visa. And according to the laws they have over there in China, if you're not out by the time your visa's up, It'll be trouble for you. There'll be trouble. Yeah, I wouldn't want trouble over there. So in the, in the span of five days, we got all the funding we need to buy our tickets back home, my wife's visa, so we could go home as a family. We were planning to, to, to split the family up. Um, that's just the plan that we had. But in those five days, God got us everything that we needed to come back to the United States. Oh. And um, what I know in my heart that that was, that was him. Mm -hmm. Only he could do that. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, that stop worrying about things. Lay it. Pray, pray, pray to the Lord to intervene in the situation. So, so let me ask you this. What, what is the best way I, to deal with those worries are going to happen? Those worries are going to sneak up. They're going to be there. So I think the first step is being aware of that and being on guard for that. And then how do you, how do you become disciplined in dealing with that? advice for that my advice would would be this when you catch when you catch yourself in those moments because it is hard uh to differentiate between caution worry planning you know those type of things but mm -hmm. we we all we all know what worry is it's like that cloud is just sitting over our heads raining <laughs> down uh, we get wrapped up in it what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know, whenever you, you find yourself tailspinning into those type of questions, stop mm -hmm. or turn it into a prayer. Mm -hmm. Take it to the Lord. Take those what ifs to him. When, if you're worrying, <laughs> tell God, hey, I'm worried about this. <laughs> hey, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about <laughs> Yeah, I need your help. <laughs> I'm worried about it. Um, just a simplistic childlike faith. <laughs> hey, I'm worried about this. Just like it says in the text. Pray about it. Thank God for it. And then he'll give us peace. That's the main takeaway right there. Yeah. Is that God is going to give us peace. And later on, um, it talks about, hey, 
Think about these things here, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, that list. You know, you have to start filling your mind with good things. There was an example I used to use in sermons uh, whenever I talk about, you know, people get so focused on not doing bad things that they are constantly thinking about those bad things. Oh, yeah. It's like compensation. telling people not to think about pink elephants and, you know, what just popped in your mind? Pink yeah, elephant. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those type of things. So we have to kind of train, we have to train ourselves. You know, spiritual discipline takes discipline. <laughs> yep. Yep. Putting it into practice. We have to get to a, a point in our walk with Jesus where we don't just show up to church on Sunday morning and make sure that the preacher keep the sermon short. So we can be <laughs> back home in time for that football mm-hmm. and just showing up on Wednesday. It has to be a seven day week walk with the Lord. Yeah. You know that with that. And that that's what a lot of people, including myself in the past, fail to realize. Um. Like you said, it's not just showing up to a building with four walls and a roof once or twice a week and and that's it. I'm 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 doing it. No, it's 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 something real. It's something much deeper than that. But you have to pursue it. You have to go out, you have to put your faith into practice. You really have to. And, you know, I think about that quote from Gandhi, you know, I I like you Christ, but not your Christian. Hmm. Let's start being more like Jesus Christ. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, just to be completely honest, um, look, we talked about our past and upbringings and stuff. And I was in church forever. And uh, really it's, it, there was a time where just American Christians was kind of a turnoff for me. Like Mm -hmm. it was kind of, now I knew I had some great, great Christian friends and Christian mentors. Um, But well, like you said with the Gandhi quote, like every everything that Jesus has taught is so good. It's so good. And I've been able to just kind of, instead of being turned off by what I see with some, I'm not going to accuse obviously every single person, but some American Christians, instead of turning that negative and me being upset about it, which you should be upset, but not move on past that. Like, what can I do to help? What can I do to get us back? I guess is what I'm saying to being more Christ-like and put everything else out the window. No, not what color the carpet is, not, this church has this kind of worship team. This church has this kind of worship. And so I have to go here and not the other. And that one's no good. Like those that go on Sunday morning and once they exit those doors, all that Christ-like stuff, they're not living it. And instead of being negative about that, I want to be positive. I want to try and create, a positive change and get us back to that. Um, That's one of my main goals with this ministry and podcast. Yeah. What really uh, was the big kicker for me was when uh, the preacher at this church, I started going to, my friend was a, he sold t-shirts. His family had a, t-shirt business and he was selling t-shirts to the campus minister and so uh, he invited me to come to like a little business meeting they were having and um, 
the campus minister asked me, where are you going to church at? And I said, well, I ain't going to church anywhere. And he invited me to come to some of the campus ministry events they were having. And I finally went to their church. And when the pulpit minister sat up there on Sunday morning with two, 300 people in the building and talked to them about his struggle with pornography, the light went off in my head. I was like, there's something different about this place. Because mm -hmm. um, everywhere else I went to, it was it was always a preaching about, oh, them folks in the street, they're doing this and doing that. Yeah. And there was so much trouble in that church themselves. But whenever that preacher stood in front of those people and admitted his weakness, just like Paul says, he says, the only thing I'm going to boast about is boasting my weakness. And it's not a, a form of spiritual exhibitionism, but just frankness that we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. The dude that's preaching there is not perfect. There's a story of Paul and, and Peter um, and Paul accused, not accusing, but confronted him to his face about an issue of, there was some Jewish tradition going on and um, they were trying to make the Gentiles adhere to some of the Jewish customs as a means of salvation. And uh, that, that was, in Paul's eyes, very wrong. Uh, but Peter had went along with that. So you have, in most people's eyes, one of the chief apostles having a, another mistake. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I want people to know that I'm not a perfect human being at all. In, <laughs> in sense, at all. I'm not even Me trying either. to pretend. What I am telling you is that I'm a flawed human being mm -hmm. seeking to be what God has commanded me to be. And in doing that, we want to help others do the same thing. If they have been called by Jesus Christ mm -hmm. to live this life and also help some others that don't believe as well mm -hmm. uh, to participate in this grand scheme of the redemption of all mankind. Well, like you said about that pastor sharing struggles, I think one of the reasons it's so hard for Christians to do that is they feel like, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't always feel like a safe place for them. Like if you're up there, if you're up there on the pulpit, you, you got to be perfect, right? You got to be, well, he can't have any struggles. He can't be our pastor if he has some sort of struggle, if he's done something in his past or is currently going through a certain issue. Like, I feel like um, us as Christians, like we're closed off. Like we, I keep saying we, you, I don't mean everyone. I don't mean all of us, but we need to be better at being a group that can listen and can say, I understand your struggles. I understand you were flawed as I am. And just being, instead of a judgment finger, being just a hug, some support, letting you, you know, as part of this community, we are here. Thank you for sharing. We are here to help you through that. Um, so anytime, anytime someone can be that vulnerable and honest, they earn a massive amount of respect with me. Um, so I definitely understand that feeling um, that you had while you were at that service. Love covers a multitude of sins. And I think we don't love one another enough. Mm -hmm. I think our culture has in, influenced our faith so much that um, it, it's, it's the, the main things that the world says we should focus on that we focus on. And I say this as being a person who's done that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, waking up and like, hey, hey, um, God doesn't tell me to be this way toward other people. And a prayer that I've, I've had is, uh, you know, Lord, let me love people the way that you love them. Yeah. Then it sent me to prison. <laughs> I didn't. I, got to go, I had to go home afterwards, though, thankfully. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Joseph situation for me. Mm hmm. 
But I just wanted to leave this message um, with those that, that hear this message. That the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians is laying out a pattern for us on how to deal with our worries. We turn our attention away from it. We approach the throne of grace and prayer, asking God to help us, thanking him for all the times that he has helped us. And it says that he will give us peace. And that if we think about things that are praiseworthy, that are lovely, is that he is going to be with us. He's going to be with us. Not far off uh, is some other place and human beings are just doing their thing and God is just this distant God. No, he is going to be with you. That is my prayer for you, for all our brothers and sisters, for those that are not brothers and sisters yet, for myself, my family, friends, and people that don't like me. <laughs> I ask that they find peace as well. Amen. Well, I think that's a good spot to end it right there. Um, I'm excited for this journey. Um, I hope everyone out there listening, anyone out there listening, uh, got something good out of this. And hopefully we start a community about this. Yes. Ministry of the Interior, because it's inside, as I said earlier, in our hearts and our minds, where the battle is won. And I think that we as Christians, we need to turn toward that inner self, that inner life, so that we may be able to bear more fruit. I love it. I think it's a good spot to sign off. Y'all have a great one, guys. Peace and blessings to y'all. Peace be with you.